people will experience it and they just feel different. That for me is where something changes in your world that's beyond cognitive. And part of the difficulty I think is we've lived our lives believing that cognitive is the source when in actuality, it's just one of the tools we have available. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a phenomenal guest to share with you today. And it's such a great honor to bring him on to the Daily Helping. His name is Dr. Dane here. He is a joy-seeking, reality-bending author, motivational speaker, change maker, and he's renowned globally for his views on life, consciousness, and creation. For more than two decades, he has traveled the world sharing his unique insights on relationships, money, body work, happiness, and consciousness. He's the co-creator of Access Consciousness, a personal development modality practiced in over 170 countries, and he has more media credentials than I could even name in the time we have together. I'm going to purposefully omit his origin story because I'd love to go into that, and it's a really cool one. But Dane, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you here. Dr. Richard, it is truly a pleasure. Thank you. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to help a lot of people today, which is the name of the game. But so I alluded to this. I love to begin by kind of discovering everybody who comes on the show, their superhero origin story, peel back the layers of the onion a bit. Tell us how you got on the path you're on today, helping so many people. Well, as a little kid, I grew up in a rather different environment in many ways. Too much story to go into there, but I always sort of had a sense of being different. I experienced a lot of abuse, and um, yet I was always the one looking for possibilities. Even in the middle of being literally beaten, I looked up at these people, and and in my head was like, it doesn't have to be this way. Why don't they know this? And that's been my fundamental point of view my entire life: is what we see in front of. There's got to be something different. Well, fast forward to a little over 20 years ago, where I was a chiropractor, I was starting my second practice living in Santa Barbara, which was paradise from my point of view. I had what everybody else thought was the perfect girlfriend, and I was dying inside. And quite literally, I had been unhappy and depressed for the better part of three years, and I was just finally done. And I'm one of those weirdos who goes to workshops and reads all kinds of books, you know, and knows and, and a seeker, basically, somebody who keeps seeking for other possibilities and, and none of them were showing up. I finally got to a place where I said, universe, I'm done. And I, I planned a date to take my life and I knew how I was going to do it. I knew when and it wasn't going to be around any major holiday or anybody's birthday because I didn't want to do it to hurt other people. I just wanted to get out of the suffering. And from the time I was a little kid, I was always, you know, they would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd be like, happy. And they go, no, 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 no. Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be an actor? What do you want to be? I'm like, sure, as long as I'm happy. 
And that was still my point of view. And I still remember the day where I, for the first time in my almost 30 years on the planet, gave up hope. And that was when I said, universe, you got six months, either my life changes or I'm out of here. And I came across something called access consciousness and initially resisted it and um, was extremely angry with the person who put the ad in the paper that said, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. I was like, I hate you. And um, but anyway, I ended up calling her because I learned long before that if you love it or hate it, there's something there for you. And I said, what do you do? And she said, well, we can start with this thing called access consciousness bars. It's 32 points on the head. So I go and I have this session. This girl I've never met before puts her hands on my head. And I said, what's the effect? She said, well, at the worst, you'll feel like you had a good massage. At the best, your whole life can change. And in the back of my head, I was going, my whole life better change or I'm out of here. What do I have to lose? And so she puts her hands on my head and I feel this peace that I hadn't felt in years. And after about 15 minutes, I started giggling like a little kid. And I was like, <laughs> now I have no idea what the heck is going on. I've never done this, never experienced this before. But I went into the session literally depressed and suicidal with a date to end my life. And I came out of it with a massive gratitude for being alive. It totally changed the space of my reality in that hour and 15 minutes. And I was like, if it feels like this to be alive, if this can change this fast and it can all change, I'm in, let's go. And from that point, I've been part of co-creating access consciousness around the world. So somebody's listening to this and I imagine, you know, the natural inclination would be to raise an eyebrow and said, none of this makes any sense to me. So what did she actually do to you? Was this energy work? Was this some form of, you know, acupressure? Like what was going on? What was she doing? That's what I said. I was like, what are you doing to me? She's all, well, there's these 32 points on the head that we found and they have names like money, creativity, body, joy, sadness. And when you hold your hands really lightly on, this, on those points, it dissipates the electromagnetic component of thought or, and all the stuff you have stored. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, you gotta realize I lived in California. I lived in Santa Barbara, one of the woo-woo capitals of the world, you know? So it's just one of those things, you know, where it's like, I've done so much weird stuff, but still I didn't understand it at all either. You know, and I, I would be surprised if people didn't raise an eyebrow, you know, it's like, please be a healthy skeptic and question everything. And I know if it hadn't happened to me, I don't know if I would believe it, which is why, you know, I say this and I know where I was, especially 20 years ago, where I knew miracles should exist, but I didn't really see them. So I didn't really believe in them. And what I've really seen is over the last 20 years, my life and the lives of a lot of the people who've done access consciousness truly start showing up miraculously in all kinds of ways. I mean, not the whole thing. It's not like, oh, I get everything I want and all that, but, but it's got this quality of dynamic joy and also a sense of peace, but also the awareness that if you want to change something, there's a way to do it. And it works in the trenches of life. So Chinese medicine is really far outside of my scope of expertise as a, as a scientist, but I do know that, you know, they talk about chi and these different points along the body, these meridians and energies and things like that. So, you know, I, I only know of that from a cursory level, but that's what it kind of sounds like you're talking about. Well, it's kind of, it's got that sense to it, that basis to it. This thing um, was developed by my business partner, Gary Douglas, over 30 years ago. 
And, you know, there's certain points that correspond, for example, with acupressure uh, or acupuncture points on the head. There's certain other techniques that have something like that. But this is just the very beginning of what access consciousness is, because what it's really about is giving you tools to navigate in the trenches of life successfully on your terms to be able to create whatever it is you desire and actually to be able to get in touch with what it is that's true for you that you may not even recognize. So, you know, if I, if I say, Hey, this saved my life and, you know, quite literally I'm sitting here in front of you because of that session. And I had tried many, 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 many other things from psychology to spirituality, to metaphysics, to business coaching, to, I, I mean, I didn't know what it was going to take to, to get to a different place. I found this and it accessed something that I knew was possible that I hadn't ever experienced before, but that's, that was just the start after that. It's like, Hey, get to work and start, start looking at how you'd like to craft and create your life. And here's some of the tools that'll make it easier. So I want to get back to the access consciousness in a bit, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about some of the other things you're known for. And, and certainly you know, I kind of get a good sense of the catalyst now for, you know, why your life was changed. Obviously, it's awesome that you decided not to kill yourself six months out from that date. And so you began this journey helping other people. And then you're also very well known for your writings. And I want to talk about a couple of your books. I want to talk about, because I think it segues into what we were talking about before. Let's talk about being you, changing the world. So tell us about kind of the impetus for writing that and how that helps people. Well, as a result of going on this journey for the past 20 years, one of the things I realized was the missing element in most people's lives for peace, for fulfillment, for whatever their version of success is, is truly being them, which sounds like it sounds a bit insane because people think, well, I'm awake, I must be being me, except how many people do we know that get the money, the houses, the cars, the relationship, and, and then wake up one day and go, is this all there is? And why? Because what we've been looking at is something outside of us. And so Along this journey, I developed an energetic technique, a way of working with people in their bodies that started creating a place where they started basically just reconnecting with what was true for them. And I saw that as they did that, the quality of every aspect of their life improved. And a lot of the things that they were trying to change just changed without them even cognitively putting a huge amount of effort in that direction. And so in facilitating these classes, there was a very interesting thing because I could have conversations over a three-day class that, let's say on a podcast or a 10-minute TV interview or something, there was not the possibility of getting into. And I thought, you know, what do people require in their hand that would allow them to go on a journey that's not even mental? It's more like invitational and story-oriented that at the end of that journey, would allow them to have a sense of them, whatever that is. And it's, it's such an interesting thing to even have a conversation to people about being you because it, it's people think it's esoteric, but in actuality, it's the most pragmatic thing that we can choose to be because when you're functioning from what's true for you, things work. When you're functioning from what's not, they don't. It's pretty much that simple. So this book is filled with tools. It's filled with inspiration 
but also it's an energetic journey that you go on and in reading it and it's it's really created for the seekers of the world the people that know there's something else different that's possible the people that nobody else is necessarily speaking to because they're you know the square pegs in the round holes the people that desire something different but may not necessarily have anybody speaking to them on their level about how to get there but also how friggin' easy it can be to get there if you're willing to do the work hey guys dr richard here for the past seven years i've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. So let's talk about the work because this is something that you know I, I've I've heard a million times. People run around and they'll watch the movie The Secret, for example, and they're like, "All I've got to do is you know just see this happening, and all of a sudden, you know, bags of money are going to be dropped into my lap, and life is glorious." It doesn't quite work like that. There's intention, and there's also action one has to take. So, talk to us about you know some of the things that people can do and should do to start making some of these changes in their lives? Well, first thing is to, as challenging as it may sound, get over having a fixed point of view. And, you know, it's easier said than done, but what we need to realize is for every judgment, every decision, every conclusion we have, there's no reality that doesn't match that can show up for us. So if we decide, for example, money's hard, a relationship is hard, or the world is going to hell in a handbasket, we're going to draw in all the information that validates that. And then it becomes our experience because we have that point of view creating that because we resonate that way. And then we look at after the fact and go, see, my experience tells me that I was right. And it's like, no, that is a, a self-perpetuating cycle of doom. So rather than come to a conclusion, ask an open-ended question. This is really where it begins. Like what else is possible? I've never considered. What if this weren't true? What if this were not the only way it is? And then a couple other great questions for a situation that you're in where you're like, oh, this sucks. What's right about this I'm not getting? And what's right about me I'm not getting? And another one is, how does it get any better than this when something good or when something bad happens? And the thing is, when we ask questions, you know, science has actually been studying this, which is miraculous to me, um, you know, because how do you even study that? But what they find is in the act of asking a question, the neurons of your brain related to creativity activate dynamically, which is like, oh, that makes sense. So we're actually getting our brain, our physiology on board when we ask a question rather than come to a conclusion. And I say again, when you come to conclusion, nothing that doesn't match that conclusion can come into your awareness without a lot of effort which, you know, if we look at the whirlwind right now, there are a lot of people who have a lot of fixed points of view about the way things are that are where they're like, this is reality. And somebody else over here is like, no, this is reality. And now they're fighting each other because they've decided this is the only reality. But if being an adult teaches us anything, there's always more than one perspective. 
And if we would allow ourselves to approach our lives from that direction, we would also be able to approach the world more from that direction. And one of the other really important things to get is that we're highly aware of other people's energy, quote unquote. And, and for me, energy is pragmatic and practical. It's not an esoteric woo-woo concept because our first language is energy. And one of the things that I found is 98% of our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions, and the yuck stuck sense of hopelessness, sense I can't do it, whatever, is actually stuff we pick up on from other people. And you know, it's like if you've ever been in a relationship and you know when your partner's upset before you even touch the door handle, or you call them because you're like, what's going on? I feel something weird. Well, we do that not just with our partner, we do it with everybody all the time. We're like big tuning forks. And so we can ask, who does this belong to in the presence of something that is not what we would like? And if it lightens up at all, it's not ours. You just got to return to sender with consciousness attached. And what we found in Access Consciousness is somewhere around 98% of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your judgments, 98% of the monkey mind basically is stuff on some level we're picking up from other people and buying as ours and not recognizing it. And using that one tool of who does this belong to, if you'll do it for three days, at the end of three days, you walk around like you're in a walking, talking meditation, and you've sort of eliminated the machine that makes you think all that stuff is yours. It's really interesting. And there's a couple of reasons that, I, that I, you've peaked in me that I'm interested. Number one, in, in, in the past, if we were on this conversation together 20 years ago, and we were talking about energy and this, that, and the other, we'd have a lot of people turning it off right. <laughs> because it would be nonsense. But now we know you have quantum physicists that are truly understanding at a subatomic level the energy aspect of all of us. And so what used to be known as just pure woo-woo and nonsense, we now know that there is an absolute identifiable scientific aspect to this. The other piece that I really love that you said is addressing where does this come from? Where does the ownership of these thoughts? And, and many of these exercises that you take people through, the questions that they ask, uh, they're utilized in a lot of therapeutic modalities like cognitive behavior therapy. But the difference that I liked about what you're talking about is that other piece of stepping back and saying, hey, is this mine? Where does it come from? Because the reality is in 2021, and this is not going to get better in the future, this is going to be more intensified because of the customizable media and information cycle. I didn't just say news cycle, but media cycle because of our phones, because of our watches, because of everything that we're doing and algorithms designed to feed us this stuff, we're constantly getting information, very, very much of that, a lot of that is negative. And so if we're able to put a label on that and say, oh, well, this is from so-and-so's post on Facebook, or, oh, I saw this you know, on the news this morning, and detach ourselves from that information, that makes logical sense. It would be easier for us to filter out some of that bad stuff and really focus it on the good. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you put it in exactly that perspective because there's such a difference between, because what'll happen is you'll, let's say, see a news or a post on Facebook or something, just like you said, and you'll walk away kind of twisted or heavier than you were before. You know, you've got sort of less spring in your step 
less willingness to interact with people and, and less less access to happiness, let's say. And we tend to walk away and own those things when we don't have this awareness. And there's a huge difference between I'm perceiving, for example, with sadness, let's say, I'm perceiving sadness versus I am sad. And that's really what this tool is about is to get the awareness because if you're perceiving it, then it's outside of you. It's not you. And then, like you said, it's less personal and you can dislodge from it a lot easier. And one of the other things that also goes along with that, that can be extremely helpful is what's true for you always makes you lighter. A lie always makes you heavier. And what we've been conditioned to do somehow is we find those things that have an intense heaviness to them, or, and we call it an intensity. But if you could think of it as sort of like, you know, carrying around steel balls with you rather than steel wool, for example, it's like we tend to gravitate towards those things that grab our attention really intensely and then we'll follow it down the rabbit hole. And before you know it, we're so stuck in the rabbit hole, we don't know where the rabbit is and where the hole is to get out. But if we can acknowledge that if we're reading something, if we're engaging with someone and it's really heavy, that's not what's true for us. And in the case of reading something or reading a post or watching a video or whatever, if it starts to get heavy and doesn't lighten up, change the channel, go somewhere else, go to something that is liked, because that is one of the dynamic choices that we have control over. That is one of the biggest choices we have is where we put our attention, where we put our energy and what we choose to engage and interact with. And if we will engage more with that, which makes us lighter and make choices that when we think about them, make us lighter. The result of that is we get lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter is actually basically what's true for us. You know, we could think of lighter as happier, more sense of gratitude, more sense of connection, whatever it is that that, that is for us. And we've got to recognize that that is a choice that we have. But, you know, we talked about what is doing the work. Well, that is doing the work, making the choice. Hey, I'm going into a deep, dark rabbit hole here. What happened? And then who does all that belong to? Is it even mine? Or am I going on the ride of somebody else's journey? And now what else can I choose that will allow me to get back to the lightness of me? Because when you're being that lightness, you are naturally created you're naturally joyful. You're naturally an invitation to more, not a rejection of more. I liken a lot of this to Gay Hendricks, you know, the zone of genius versus, you know, one zone of excellence or competence. And that when we're doing what we perceive to be, what we're meant to be doing on this planet, our mission, our purpose, everything flows. It's, it's, it's more fun. It's, it's just a different... Yeah different game altogether. Uh, Dane, I, I want to make sure that we address your newest book because it's out and, and I want to encourage people to check it out. Tell us about that book and what they're going to get from it. Well, that one is called Body Whispering, A New Way of Seeing, Being, and Healing. And it is based on the work that I've done with hundreds of thousands of bodies and people literally in the past 20 years. And and these common elements of the gift that our body actually is that most of us ignore, most of us don't even acknowledge, and most of us are like, well, why would I even care? You know, and 
the only time most people ever think about or care about their body is when they've got a disease, they've got a, an issue, as you well know, how we tend to do these things. And uh, what this is about is, it's actually about the quality, being able to, to change what you'd like to with your body, but actually having your body become a part of your life. And because our bodies are kind of like these big puppy dogs, you know, they're just here like, hey, I'll do whatever you want. Oh, you want me to, you know, be something judgeable? Okay. And, and we get more of what we judge because it's such an intense energy. And what I've noticed is the people who have read the book, the people who've done the online course and body whispering, they're like, I don't understand how, but I've got more peace in my life. And the other interesting part that I've noticed is a lot of them are actually business people, which really surprised me. And they said, I'm having different interactions with everybody in my business. And I was like, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Can you explain that to me, please? I'm like, I don't know. There's something about it where in starting to get this connection with my body, I'm actually recognizing the gift that other people are. And I'm being able to see how to work with them to bring out their gifts and their weaknesses are minimizing. And I was like, okay, I had no idea that could be one of the results from this thing. But it makes sense to me because of the awareness of everything's interconnected. And we all have bodies. And if you get happier with it, if you like it more, if you've got more peace, more ease in your skin, you're going to be a different person walking around the world, a person that you like more. And you'll make choices from that place rather than maybe someplace else. So is this a, you know, look in the mirror and love yourself kind of a book? Is this a blueprint to physical well-being? I'm, I'm not quite clear. And I just want to, want to make sure that I, I do you right here and make sure people know what this I is about. I appreciate it. And I just realized today more than usual, I'm just all over the map with my conversation. So um, thanks for keeping me on track, uh, if that's possible. Um, my ADHD is kicking in big time here. So basically, it's like this. It's very similar to the Being You Changing the World book in that you read it and things change. And there are some exercises there. There are questions to ask. There are concepts about getting out of judgment of your body. But the end result is it's not as much of a mental exercise as it is an energetic journey, if you will, or a journey of, of getting a different way of being with your body. And it occurs just by reading the book. And yeah, you may want to do a few of the exercises in there, but even if you don't, it's like it's laid out in such a way that you go on this journey and you're different after reading it and you got more peace. So give us an example of one of the exercises that involves the body that people are going to get in this. Okay. Program. So one is a really simple thing. Start asking your body for everything that concerns it. Body, what would you like to eat? Body, who would you like to have sex with? That it provided you're not in a relationship. <laughs> body, you know, what, what would you like to wear today? Um, body, what supplements would you like? And to a certain segment of the population, even beginning asking those questions seems like it's a little like a little too woo woo. And, you know, once again, this this idea, though, is something that it starts to open up the idea that our bodies actually not only can be a gift to us, but can be something that when we have a friendship with it, we've got a totally different set of choices. 
And once again, most, most people only receive the communication their body has when there's a pain, a disease or a problem, but that's not your body whispering at you. That's it shouting at you because we haven't been listening to it. So I'm hearing that this is a book that helps people get more intuition as it pertains to what their body might need and then the benefits that could come out after the fact. Yes. I'm going to use that from now on. Thank you. No charge. No charge. On Distill that, that into one sentence. I there love it. Yes. <laughs> well, that's really cool. And, and I also know that you just recently did the, an event called uh, International Being You Day. And I just thought that was, we were talking about, about that offline. I thought that was so cool. Share a little bit about that with us. Oh, I tell you, this was near and dear to my heart. After writing the Being You Change in the World book and getting literally thousands of emails of people saying, I realize I'm not wrong. I realize that I'm not alone. And being me is something totally different than I thought, but it's, it's really changing everything, making my world better. I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I've done you know a lot of interviews around things like World Suicide Prevention Awareness Day. And I looked at that and I, I looked at that in the energy that is so prevalent in our world of so much stress, so much depression, suicide rates rising, et cetera. And I was like, what if I could bring one thing to the world and if I could start one conversation that would change this fundamentally before it even starts or at its base and actually gift what I know is possible to the world, what, what conversation would I have? And I went, well, being you being used actually where it's at. And it's a conversation that a lot of people are starting to actually recognize as a valuable product. And so we created a day, invited all kinds of really cool people who are being them in all kinds of different ways from parenting to business to creation of all different types and, and to athletics to et cetera, et cetera. And we created seven and a half hours of content and my target was for everybody who comes to that to leave with a sense of the gift that it can be when somebody's truly being them, to get a sense of the gift of your weirdness, your difference, your quirkiness, and to stop bearing that, to awaken it, to recognize that your difference is your gift. And we're taught to suppress it, but let's have a day where we explore what it is to be us, discover it and celebrate it. And then also all kinds of gifts after that. So people can just go on the journey on a, on a really, you know, maybe three minutes a day of doing something that connects them with them. And then, and then the other thing I will desire to do later is see what the long-term effect of this is, have people report back in. And we've got so many people who are saying, wow, that day, I watched that day and I don't know what it is. And this is a common theme in so many things that I do, but it's like people will experience it and they just feel different. That for me is where something changes in your world that's beyond cognitive. And part of the difficulty I think is we've lived our lives believing that cognitive is the source when in actuality, it's just one of the tools we have available. And so this was about giving people access to whatever it is to truly be them and getting to enjoy it. Very cool. Well, you're doing some pretty wild stuff, but I know you're making a really massive impact, and that is so awesome. The time has flown by. I knew that it would. And as you know, I, I love to wrap up my shows by asking my guests a single question. So, Dane, what is your biggest helping 
that one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Be number one, that your difference is a gift, that you are not wrong for the different bizarre, weird, quirky points of view you have about the world. You are not alone. And that difference is a gift that if you embrace it will not only make your world awesome, but if you truly be you and embrace it, you become the gift, the change, and the possibility this world requires. Beautiful. Tell us where people can find out more about you online. You can go to drdanehear.com, which is D-A-I-N-H-E-E-R. And I have a ton of free com content. You can listen to, download the first chapter of the Being You Changing the World book is my gift. And I've got hundreds of videos on YouTube that are my gift to people. I just did that because I wanted to pay forward the gift that this body of work has been for me. And 20 years ago, when I really needed tools, when I really needed somebody out there, it wasn't available. And so I wanted to change that. That's awesome. And for those of you at the gym, we got you covered. Everything Dane here will be in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com. Well, Dane, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Really appreciate hey, it. It was so much fun. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And I also wanted to thank each and every one of you who chose to tune into this episode. Take time out of your day to listen to this. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 